Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Steph Crowder. She is an amazing friend of ours and happens to be in one of our masterminds. She's an educator and coach over at Courage and Clarity and the dubbed Den Mama at Fizzle.co. She is a delight to have on the show and I'm excited for you to dive in. Yeah, I think this episode is really helpful for a lot of you people listening who are terrified at opt-ins and email and growth and what the heck to do with those people afterwards. Steph shares the journey of quadrupling her brand new baby email list and then selling out a program to those warmed up dreamy dreamer sons. So pay attention, listen, take notes. Steph has so many action steps for everyone who's feeling overwhelmed, not sure what to focus on, wondering how to grow and everything in between. Hello, Steph. Welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. I am so excited to be here. This has like been a thing on my calendar that I just couldn't wait to do. I love getting to jam with you guys, and I'm so happy to be back. Thanks for having me. We're excited. I, I have a feeling I'm going to get kind of fired up with some ideas that you're going to share with us today of some cool stuff that you've been implementing in your business that's going to make me want to like try all the new yes. things. Um, yes. So I'm equally excited and equally like, oh, I'm going to want to go do work after this <laughs> because I I love the way your brain works and I love getting to chat with you about strategy and how you kind of like map some stuff around in your business. So that's what we're going to kind of uncover today. You've freaking quadrupled your email list recently. <laughs> yep. No big deal. It's, and you have kind of like You've always shown as the email queen a little bit in my mind with some, not just how to get people there, but what to do with them after. And I think that's really crucial. So I think a lot of our audience is scared about email stuff and doesn't necessarily know A, how to get people, but what to do with them. But you not only got a shit ton of people, but then you sold them stuff. Yes. So tell me all the things. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm excited that you just said that this is an episode that's going to make you want to do work after this. I, I hope that's the effect that it has on the listeners too, because this is honestly a story of playing and experimenting and like having some freaking fun with yeah. your business because we all lose sight of that. Me as much as anybody wanting so badly to get it right. And the way that I 
have found some big success lately is honestly by having more fun and by connecting with my people in a way that's like super meaningful and authentic and does not make me feel gross at all. And I also think this will be helpful for people listening who might be in the beginning stages because if you are a longtime listener of the Strategy Hour, I came on probably about a year ago now. And things have changed a lot for me since then. So if you listen to that episode, I was the director of member success at Fizzle. I'm still involved with Fizzle. I'm a coach and a podcast host over there. But my so I'm not new to what I do, which is business coaching since I've done that for so long. But I am new to building my own brand and business. So I'm kind of in the earlier stages of that. So for people listening who are in those early innings, I feel you. I'm with you. And maybe I can you know, give you a few pieces that didn't work for me as well as what did work because I've definitely done both. So I guess in what you just said, Emily, was really important too. This idea of email being... Everybody at this point has probably heard the email list is where it's at. And all of us have been frustrated with being at the whims of Mark Zuckerberg or Instagram. And of course, we all know the nice thing about the, about the email list is it's building your business on what I like to say or think of as land you own versus rented land, right? But the trick with that is it's a little bit of a puzzle. I like to look at it as a puzzle again, taking a playful approach to what is going to get someone to happily join your email list. And not in a manipulative way, but it's like, how do you kind of crack the code on what people need to hear in order to make it a no-brainer? Because our email addresses are a form of currency. It is like one step before you give real dollars. A lot of us are guarding our email addresses with our lives at this point because... God knows I never get to inbox zero. Uh-huh. So <laughs> so what happened, I guess a good place to start for me is I've been... I run a podcast, if people don't know, called Courage and Clarity. And I started that right around the same time you guys started the Strategy Hour, I think, January of 2017. And it took me a long time to get around to creating a free lead magnet in you know something that people could download to grow their email list. And I kind of dragged my feet. I didn't know what to do. And eventually, I think 6 months in, I was like, okay, I got to make something. So I threw together this... I had this idea. I had a season one of my show. And I was like, I'm going to create like a guide, like a study guide to go with season one. And my season one had great feedback. I'm sure people would want like the best quotes and tips and tricks from season one. So I built the thing. It was pretty. I used a, you know just Keynote on my computer and I put it out there and it did okay. I would say over the course of a few months, I would get like one to two new subscribers a day. Nothing crazy. So... My list was like hovering right around the 500 subscriber mark. So not really many people were subscribed to my list. And that took me almost through 2017. And then I started a Facebook group for Courage and Clarity. Another thing that I had dragged my feet on. And I think I talked to you girls about it. And I was like, what if nobody joins? And Abby was like, well, that's dumb. People are going to join. That sounds (laughs) like something I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So I created that. And I, honestly, I just started listening. And I had gotten this tip. I don't even know where I got it. But you know, I had seen that other people with Facebook groups would have a question that you have to answer to join the group. I think you guys do this too. My question was just simple. I was just like, what are you struggling with? Yeah. And I started... I still do. I have you know 650 people in there now. And every time, I still log what people are saying. And I just started to keep track of what the most common responses are for my audience. And 
it started to just punch me in the face. People were like, I have no time. I have no focus. I don't know what to work on when. Whole days pass and I feel like I've gotten nothing done. 5 p.m. creeps in and I'm no closer to achieving my dream than where I was six months ago, a month ago, a year ago. And I was like, okay, well, actually, that's I have a whole lot of struggles, but that is not one of my challenges. I'm really good at being productive. It's just something I've worked on for a long time. So... I thought to myself, okay, I have created this little ritual for myself that didn't have a name, although now it does. It's called the 15-minute planner method where I sit down once on a Sunday. Which is such a sexy name, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. such a good name. Thanks. And I I, I really struggle to name things. I feel like you guys always have great names for your stuff. I always struggle with keeping it simple. And I... I wish you could hear our thought process when we name things. Like, I I love your names. I do. the most ridiculous process. (laughs) And and like, isn't that the truth about all things? Like, it's so easy to be on the outside looking in and like the people you look up to have look like they have it all together. But what goes on behind closed doors is we're all just stumbling around in the dark trying to make stuff work. Like, that's all this is. So I coined this little free guide called the 15 minute planner method. You sit down once on your Sunday and you plan your whole week with a pen and a notebook. And it's optimized to actually help you get stuff done. And this was something I used like in my real life because I had tried a lot of other methods and nothing stuck for me. So again, having listened to the real people in my community saying over and over and over again, I'm not growing, I'm not getting anywhere, I'm stuck. I created this method. Literally, guys, it's got like photos of my notebook. It's not that sophisticated. And it totally blew up. It completely blew up. It In a very short amount of time, it doubled my email list. So I crossed a thousand in seven days. I was at 500. I got Holy over. Shit. Yeah. And it's funny because then over on the Fizzle show, where I'm also a co host, we decided to do a podcast episode called How We Doubled an Email List in Seven Days. And that got more people. I wrote a blog post, a guest post that got more people. And soon it was like, forget doubled. I quadrupled this thing over the course of about 30 days. So so l- let me stop you just for a second. Yeah. So you made the thing and then you went like your first step was to do the show on Fizzle and you talked about the thing. Well, or what, like- no, so yeah, good question. So, so no, I made the thing and I went into my group. I think I went live. My group was little at that point. And I actually, I think again, before I even created it, I think I just went live and I said, Hey guys, I want to run an idea past you. I'm hearing a lot of you say that you don't know what to work on when, you lose your focus, you're not getting anywhere. And I have a lot of struggles in my business, but that ain't one of them. In fact, I've got a good system. Would you guys be interested in seeing, like, having a peek behind the curtain of how I do it? And people were like, yes, yes, yes. So I said, oh, okay, fine, I'll build it. Built it, shared it with my group. And I think the first step towards it going, I mean, it's viral in my world, right? Like in the scheme, in the scheme of things, not really, but for me, it was certainly a bigger hit than anything I've ever created. I think the first step was I shared it with my people and they quickly started sharing it with friends. So before we went on to the, before I went on to the fizzle show, I had already doubled it. And that was just a result of talking about it on my social, talking about it. I did a podcast episode on courage and clarity that walked people through the four step process. And so then I went to Chase and Corbett, who I co-host The Fizzle Show with. And I was like, Hey, guys, I just doubled this email list over here in seven days. And they were like, Whoa, let's unpack that. And we did this episode where we talked very similar to what I just told you about my first lead magnet and how it was just... "Eh." And then the second one and how it was so much more aligned with what my people were really saying. And isn't that something that all of us get so stuck in doing is like, we think we know, at least I'll speak for myself. I think I know better. I'm like, no, these people need a season one study guide for my podcast. 
Uh-huh. But like who out there is looking for that? Like that well, was, and it sounds like fun for us to make or it sounds yes. like ideal and creative and whatever. Yes. But like sometimes that doesn't mean shit. Exactly. And no one out there is like keep typing in like season guide for the Courage and Clarity podcast. You're exactly right. It was a fun thing for me to make. So I had to flip that and 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 ask myself, okay, like what are people really asking for? And when I saw it, it started like beating me over the head. It was so obvious. And so yeah, so I crossed the thousand subscriber mark. Then we started talking about it on the Fizzle Show. I wrote a guest post and it just caught fire from there. So here we are in March. I launched this in early January. My list is clear. 2500 now. Um, so it's been huge. And the cool thing is like, I hope that this is inspiring for people in that I just, I, I feel like I was able to mend like meld one of my big interests, which is productivity. And I've always been someone who's interested in I own all the planners and all the tools like it's, it's just a thing for me. So I was able to meld my personal interest with a real need from my audience. And I think that's the golden ticket is when you can find... You can't just scratch your own itch like we talked about, but you also are going to be miserable if you try to make something for your audience that you don't care about. So your heart has to be in it. I think your personality shows when you're really committed to it. So finding that magic mix of the two is... I think that's the winning ticket. Well, and I also want to point out the other things that helped it also take off and be viral. I Guys, I want you to pay attention to the fact that Steph started a, a podcast without maybe that, okay, then I can create a community and then I can create an opt-in and then all those people will join my list. Like We cannot see those milestones, those benchmarkers before we just do the thing. She started the Facebook group six months in to provide a service and then continue to provide a service. I think so many people, especially in our audience, ask us like, well, should I start this community or should I start this podcast for the hopes that I can then pitch this thing to them and then they're going to be primed and ready to buy it? I don't know. That might happen for you and it might not. But I think if we're paying attention to those tiny windows of opportunity and saying yes to them if they feel right then we never know how full circle all of this is going to come in the end. Yes. And I could not agree with that more. The way I put it for my people in my community is it is not up to you to just to figure out the how. You could get asked to go on the Today Show tomorrow and that's going to totally change your business. So don't worry about that. Just worry about the what and like focus on what people need and how you can serve them. Don't focus on how all the itty bitty steps and puzzle pieces are going to fall into place because I never could have predicted when I started Courage and Clarity that this is where I would be. There's just no way. You just have to follow the breadcrumbs as they show up. So talk to me about identifying the what they need. Like I know for you, it was simple in the fact that you had a community and you were able to ask this question and gather the data. But if someone isn't actively building a Facebook group or doesn't have a podcast and they're more at the beginning stages, what do you suggest for them to figure out exactly what their people need? Yes, that's a great question. One of the things uh, that is my favorite thing to do, and Emily makes my heart smile when you call me the email queen, because I guess I have turned into that. And the reason why is because I love playing this game of like, what should the lead magnet be? And one like secret trick or tip for this is thinking to yourself, what is an irresistible offer? Like that's always the words that I use in my head when someone comes to me and they're like, I have a business where this is one of my real clients right now. She wants, she is a uh, native Spanish speaker with little kids and she wants to build a business for bilingual uh, families so that they have more resources because they're living in America and 
their kids default to English and they're trying to preserve their culture. So I've been working with her this week. It's like, what is that irresistible offer that your people really need to hear? She has no audience. She's starting from scratch. She's got no community. So what we've done is I've asked her to identify three people that she's met in her real life, acquaintances, friends, you know, people that she's run into who are bilingual and trying to do these, you know, to, to keep their kids speaking Spanish and English at home. And what the through line that has been in those conversations when she's asked people, what's the hardest thing about being a bilingual family or preserving your bilingual culture at home, the big thing that everyone has said is consistency. We run out of steam. uh, We run out of things to do. We read books. And then what are we supposed to do? So for her lead magnet, she's going to be doing a toolkit for bilingual families where it's going to be like get access to books, music, games, and a weekly schedule of activities you can do. So if you're that parent who's like, okay, I read all the Spanish books and my kids like not engaged with this, like I'm not a teacher, what am I supposed to do? They, I, You can just tell by talking to a few people in your audience, what these people need is a schedule. They need to be told, here is what you should do to preserve the culture at home that you want to. And then people are like, done. Yeah, I want the schedule. I want to know what I should do. So I think it comes down to having even just a few conversations with people that you believe. The question I always ask for these customer conversations is like, imagine someone in your life who you would love to help. Like, and a name usually comes right to people's minds. They're like, oh, I'd love to help my friend Sally. Okay, well, go talk to Sally and see. And then talk to two other people who are like Sally. Look for the through line and then ask yourself, what is the irresistible offer that Sally and the other two people would need to hear that would make them say, oh my God, that's exactly what I've been looking for. And that should become the lead magnet. Well, and here's why your quadruple results are so different than what everyone else is getting. And even different from the first opt-in you created is we didn't, we're not freaking asking what our people actually want or listening or seeing where the holes are. We are listening to people who are selling us the idea of you need an opt-in, just go create a cheat sheet. Just go create a guide. Just go create this because that's what works for everyone. And that might not be true for your audience. And I was just having coffee with a student of ours today. And and we were talking about the difference between like truly getting connected with your audience and asking them questions and identifying what it is that they need versus like just making stuff for the sake of creating and then wondering why it's not working. Yes. Yes. And my favorite, one of my favorite quotes or like concepts around this is about Henry Ford, right? Guy who invented the car. And he talks about that guy who invented the car. Casually, he just made it happen. But he talks about how if he had asked his customers what they need, they would have said a a horse that goes faster. So if you ask your customers, hey, what do you need? They don't know because if they knew, they would go and get it themselves. What they need, like for Henry Ford, his customers just knew they wanted to go faster. Now, he went and created a totally different mechanism to make people go faster, but the how didn't matter. It was about achieving what people actually want. So you have to get at the heart of like, what are these people dying to know? And then packaging it in a way that makes them go, huh, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And you've got to get in their heads. Too often, we just like we stay in our own little silo and we, we create from that place versus really understanding what it is that they're looking for. I think what you just said is so crucially important because it just made me like I literally in my head was like aha like uh, <laughs> I love did it. you like prance like that too aha <laughs> yeah basically <sighs> I think it's so important that you identified what they were looking for instead of stealing the how they think it's supposed to happen um, and 
I think we forget to do that because they say, I, I want to spend more time with my kids or I want to have meals on the table five days a week. And they're like, there's so many things that you could just steal words from them of like, oh, well, this is how they are wanting to do it. And so I'm just going to give them the tool so that they can do what they already said they want to do. But it's really, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's reinventing the how you get there for them. Yes. And this is something that I've been like nerding out on with my people lately is the difference between what your customers think they need and what you know they need. Right. And I don't mean that. And like, I feel like that comes off condescending. I don't mean it like we know better than our customers. But we are, if, if you're teaching something, if you have clients, if you're creating something, presumably you're a few steps further ahead than your customers. And the mistake that a lot of us have made, and I have made it many times and have had to unlearn this, is speaking from your place of expertise, it goes over the head of someone who's a few steps behind you. So I have an, a great example of this. We have a customer over in our Fizzle community. He's fantastic. He teaches painting. He's like this wonderful British man. And I love like seeing his studio. It's like what you would imagine this like guy in a cottage painting. And he's he's lovely. And he's got a great little community. And he teaches people like the principles of color. And what you need to know about painting and color. And he had a big aha moment recently where he was like, oh my gosh, I've been approaching this with like all of the intricacies of this is why color is important and using all these words that his new brand new painters wouldn't really get. And he's since shifted it to mirror what they want, which is they're like, I'm intimidated by how color works. And I just want to understand like how to put colors together. So he's had to really... it, It was like a huge aha moment for him where he was like, when they come into my world, I'm going to teach them what I know they need, but I'm going to lead with the words they use. So then when they come in, then they have the shift. But you can't can't lead with that because it won't make sense. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, I think this is super helpful when you're getting another set of eyes. This could be on your sales page. This could be on your opt-in because we like to use words to paint the picture of what life is going to be like. But sometimes we describe that journey of people like, I, I don't think I can be that type of person to get to that end result when we know that they can if they're equipped with these tools, but they don't know that yet. And so like play, like it literally lingo and how you're describing your thing and how they're going to get to that end result all matters. Yes, absolutely. And one final example I'll give of this, and maybe this will be a good transition because I know we wanted to talk about how the email list also transitioned to selling out a group program. But in my group program, I again lead on my sales page. And when I talk about my program with what my people are saying, my clients who come through my group, they're saying things like, I just need to know what my next action step is. If I knew what my next steps were, I could implement. I've got all the energy and the motivation. I just don't know what to do next. So I put that on my sales page. You know what I find out every time I work with somebody? They know exactly what to do next. They just need somebody who's going to ask the right questions and give them permission to do what they already know. But can you imagine if I put that on a sales page? I'm here to ask you the right questions. Who in the hell is going to buy that? Like... But the truth is, I do make sure that my people have next steps. But by the end of the program with me, my people are now in week seven. They're like, oh my God, I know so much more than I thought I did. And it's like, that's a transformation that they have to make during your process with them. I couldn't have said that up front because they would have been like, I don't, that's not what I need. So it's really, it's the difference between knowing what they, what they want and then the, how you take them through it is like a whole separate thing. Love that. So tell us uh, exactly how you did turn around and pitch using your new subscribers. For those of you who don't know, Steph decided kind of, I felt like on a whim, and maybe this is just as a friend feeling from the outside, but it was like, all of a sudden Steph's like, I'm going to do a group coaching program. And then like two days later, she's like, and I sold out my group coaching program. (laughs) Okay. It was a little bit of a whim for sure. Absolutely. So like a... And then she's done it again. How? And then yes. again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so how do you go from starting that to selling it? 
I just remembered too that we missed one little key part of the puzzle of how this thing grew. So, and this was this is something that I would really recommend when people listening do stumble upon the right irresistible offer. Like, for example, when my list doubled, that to me, I took that and I was like, whoa, okay, this is something. I have something here. And I decided to do a free challenge around it. So I did a five-day challenge. I totally left that out. That definitely got me a lot of people as well. Challenges are amazing. Yeah. And you guys totally inspired me with your five-day challenge is awesome. And I was like, you know what? This is something like people. So I started... I think I was listening. I knew you guys had had successful five-day challenges. And I was listening to a podcast with Amy Porterfield where she was talking about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I did it and had great results. I had like 900 people go through that challenge. And that was huge as well. It, it helped me every single day we of the challenge. You know, We went deeper into one aspect of the 15-minute planner and really solidified the habits that I introduce in the guide. So it really brought people... Um, again, like I wasn't doing any of this intentionally. I was following my own sort of experimentation. But sort of unbeknownst to me, what I was doing is I was walking people further down my funnel. They had gotten my guide and they loved it. Then they came along for the challenge and they were like, wow, this is... People were like, this has changed my life. The feedback was fantastic. And the way the group coaching happened... So for those listening who don't know, Emily and Abigail and I are in the same mastermind group along with one of our other friends named Megan, Megan Hale. And she was watching me go through this challenge like a good friend. And she it was her who was like, you should see if you can fill a group program. And I was like, what are you talking oh, about? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, your people are eating this up. Like You've got to take this opportunity when they're warm and like riding high to see. And guys, all I did, I didn't create a sales page. I didn't putz around with ConvertKit. I went into my community that I built during the challenge. And I said really casually, Hey guys, it's been an amazing five days. I've loved this journey with you. Little Birdie has dared me to do a group program where we go deeper into these habits as well as accelerate your business over the course of eight weeks. Who's in? And people were like, me, 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 me. And it sold out. And I love... I I say all of that not to brag at all. It's just that I never imagined... I'm one of those people who's like, I've got to have the perfect sales page and I've got to have the perfect client process and the systems and... I'm here to tell you that if you're just starting out, you don't no. need that. Like no. you don't. And, and you know, that the was things. get the people right. and sell them things and then figure it that out. That was it. Yeah, that was a $10,000 thing I just launched with with nothing. And n- now that I'm going into my second round, I have some plans about how I'm going to expand on it and iterate, etc. But, you know, when you find something that works, just keep it simple, don't deviate too far from the plan and then do it again and then do it again and then you'll kind of see how it needs to evolve. But I know that I've really overcomplicated this in the past. And the fact that I was able to keep it so simple, it's like a lesson I will never forget because, man, it's so easy to be like, well, I have to have all of these things in place when in reality, all it takes is bringing... And everybody who signed up for my group, we like on our first call, I asked everybody to tell the group uh, why they were here. And every person in their own words was like, we just want to be in your space. Like You have shown us how hard you work. We want to learn. So when you show people what you're made of, no matter what your industry is, they want to share space with you. And I know this is true in your guys' business. Like People, once they feel understood, they feel like they want to continue to share space with you. So in a way, if you can just put your best foot forward with that free content, it kind of becomes a no-brainer to pay you real money, which is cool. Now, you were doing one-on-one client work before that, right? Were you doing one-on-one client work before the podcast also? 
No. And, and so, no. So I've, I mean, I've done my business coaching through Fizzle for three years now, but I was back then I was only taking one-on-one clients. Like if somebody asked okay. me and they were like, I really want you to be my coach and I'd go, sure. Right. I still take one-on-one clients now. So I have three spots for that. Well, and that's I, my point of bringing that up is I, I like to showcase kind of that bird's eye view of what you were doing that kind of led you to this group or bigger journey. Cause I think so many people jump straight to, I want a thriving community and sell out a group mastermind. And that like oftentimes cannot be the first step. I'm not saying it has to take forever. Yours was rapidly changed and pivoted and, and, and did different things. But you know, we so often talk to our, especially our service-based people of like work one-on-one as long as you can to oh, get yeah. A, yeah. some great cash flow, B, some connections and hearing what your audience is saying and their pain points and get practice, get practice with those one-on-one people so yes. you can open that up to a larger space. So I love seeing that and kind of breaking that down from yes. above. It, you bring up a great point, which is, man, as much as I wish there was, there is no shortcut with this stuff. And I know listening to this might seem like I found one, but everybody listening, keep in mind, I coached at and I still coach at Fizzle for three years. I've coached thousands of entrepreneurs every single day. And you guys in my mastermind group have kind of like watched this incubating in me, but I needed to come into my own on my own time. Like, And I don't want to stop anyone out there from going for it because you should definitely go for it. It. But when you don't get the instant results, like this is the result of building myself over the course of these past three years. And now it's all like the chickens are coming home Absolutely. to roost. And every everything that I've learned has served me for this moment. But you've got to strike the balance between being being willing to put in the work like all the time, but being patient at the same time and celebrating the small milestones and recognizing that like you will look up one day and be, this happened to me last week. I came into our group and I was like, guys, I'm book solid. When did that happen? Like I, it just happened. And, and I say that because I've put in that work and it's like, here I am, but you really do have to be committed to the long game. Absolutely. I feel like some of your, your secret sauce is, is your secret sauce, which for those of you who haven't downloaded the planner method, it's really focusing on those growth-based actions. And I think so often we put these things as last on our list. A hundred percent. Always. When they are the things that move us forward the quickest. And I love that you're like, okay, I'm going to pencil in my things that I've obligated myself to, the things that are already on my calendar. And then the first thing that goes on the list are things that are going to help me grow. But I think the unique thing about just looking at your list is I think a lot of people would automatically pick things like schedule a million things on social media, or they would go build out an opt-in or whatever. But the majority of what I'm seeing from you is content that's serving your people well. And not that social media can't do that. It totally can. But I feel like you show up in a really unique way when you're on your podcast and when you're in your community and going live and those sort of things. And those are the things that are going to help you grow and prosper on your own. And so I think that really does play into why you were able to sell out because you were serving your people first. And those are the things that helped you grow your business. 
Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely a cornerstone of the 15-minute planner method are those growth-based actions that you're talking about. But it's also just a bigger business lesson as well. If people want to check out the planner, you can see that there's... Basically, what I demonstrate is that all of us, like by force of habit, end up with only chase the reason. Like, Remember how I said that one of the big problems is people are like, I worked all day and it's 5 p.m. and I have nothing to show for it. The reason that happens is because we all bounce back and forth between meetings and email and meetings and social media and meetings and BS. Like, And this method teaches you how to stop and think about what you're doing and ask yourself like... And this was honestly taught to me by the CEO of Fizzle. He's a brilliant guy named Corbett Barr. And he would, in our team meetings every week, he, he, he will still do this. He'll be like, how are we going to make money next week? And Chase and I would be like, oh my God. But it's a question that all of us need to be asking. Like, is is what's on my calendar this week going to make me money? And no, not like not like roundabout. Like, well, when my Instagram grows, I'll make money. No, no, no. Yeah, what is on your calendar this week that is going to actually generate revenue for you and your business? Yeah, you've got to focus on that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I just challenged our team on this yesterday, and I think I made our staff a little bit uncomfortable. That's good. But but I was like. This has to be a priority. I want I want growth and revenue generating activities every single day. And she's like, "Well, I helped format this email that went out over here." And it's like, "Okay, that helps, but that's not an like direct right. We're going to see revenue in the door for it. And if if we're going to be able to pay our people, like <laughs> we need more revenue." So, I think Let's talk a little bit about what are some of those revenue generating activities that people can be doing in their business on a day-to-day basis? Yes. So I'll talk first. I know you guys love our service providers, uh, especially people in the beginning stages, like our service-based businesses, right? I know you. I'm very aligned with you guys when you say, when you're starting, you should be a service-based business. And I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. So for my service-based business people, myself included, this means getting on the phone and having more discovery calls. It means making more meaningful connections with people who could be clients, warming up potential clients however you do it. Some people, a lot of people do discovery calls. Other people are going live in their Facebook groups. Like, I think being visible when you're trying to convert people to paid, that's what I've done and that has served me so well is I'll be like, oh, I haven't gone live in like a week in my group. Like, And that's how I connect with my people. And what ends up happening is the more I show up in front of them, then they start showing up. And then I can very, like, very authentically just ping them. I notice people who are like constantly posting in my group and all in the most, like, the least pressure way, I'll message them and be like, Hey, Jen, I've been noticing your progress in my group. Like, it's so cool to see you taking all these steps towards making your business work. I don't know if you heard my group programs coming up in April. I think you'd be an awesome fit. No pressure. You know, I'll, I love and will continue to serve you no matter what you choose. But I wanted to personally invite you to the group. That converts really well for me. And it works because I've already built trust with these people by helping them in my group. So that for me is like definitely a revenue generating activity. One of my clients right now is also a service-based business. She does event planning. And I told her, I said, you need to keep track of every touch that you have. Like in sales, we call this a touch where you have some kind of contact with someone doesn't necessarily even have to be a client, but like anytime it could be a peer, it could be like someone in the same industry as you that you pitch a guest post. You need to have like 
tally marks on your desk and I want you to try to get to five to 10 of those a week. And if you're you know, over here chasing down emails and all this other stuff, you're not doing the things that are actually going to generate revenue. So. Email is the death of business, totally. I feel like. I'm going to go on record and say that. Yeah, and, It is yeah, I, just the worst. It is. And I say this, I have a controversial opinion about email. I say this in the planner, but like, if you email me, you're probably going to have to email me three times. And it's not that I don't love you. I just don't do email. It is a strategic decision. And my business has not fallen apart. If it's a client, of course, I'll email them back. If someone's paying me, I'm going to do right by them. But if it's like a pitch or you know somebody wanting coffee, I, I just can't. I just can't. So I check my email maybe two times a week. I check it. I spot check it to make sure there's no fires. But it, And that might sound harsh, but we've got to ask ourselves when we only have so much time in the day, how are we going to prioritize what matters? And we have to be ruthless about that. I think that needs to translate to our team as well because it, it like... You know, they put the if the customer service hat is on. All of the customer service things have to be held. Do you, Abby and Emily? Do you want to do this collaboration? Do you want to be on this podcast? Do you want to go over here? And oh, this person's asking about this affiliate. And oh, you have this meeting. And it's just all of this white noise that doesn't actually go anywhere. And so now we're taking time out of our day to answer the thing or track down the thing or whatever. And it's like none of this was worth. All three of our times now have been wasted. Yeah. Exactly. And nothing was produced. Yeah. And the cool thing, I love the example that you bring up. So if people are listening and maybe you're on a team or something like that, like I, I, the question that Corbett would always ask us at Fizzle, how are we going to produce more revenue this week? It scared the pants off of me at first. But then as our customer service person at Fizzle, it challenged me to look in our business and say, okay, I'm in charge of customer service. What can I do to keep our customers longer, to keep them happier, to keep them them paying? And things that we've implemented are like a pause functionality on our membership so that people don't just cancel, they stay and then they're re-upped. So looking through every part of your business with that filter of like, how do we optimize for revenue? You don't have to be the CEO or the founder of a business to have this mindset. And actually, you'll really impress the heck out of your boss if you start to think about how can I treat... Yeah, how can I be more of an entrepreneur in my business? Does that mean if you're a customer service person, get picking up the phone and like re- resolving an angry customer situation? Like, What can you do to bring in more money into the business? It is hard. It's hard to check ourselves when we want to play with social media. It's easy to hide. It, it really is. And, and we don't even catch ourselves doing it where we're like, no, 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 I have to do this. But I challenge people listening to ask yourself all the things that you think you have to do, quote unquote, are they really or are they there because it would be scarier to think about revenue? Revenue is scary, but it's not. it doesn't have to be that hard. Once you really start to optimize for it and figure out what works for you, it's possible to make sales in a way that's just mean, that's just yes. like chill. It doesn't have to well, be so stressful. I think, like separating pitching and selling Like revenue doesn't mean you just have to pitch and sell to make revenue. Like, so I think separating that and and thinking outside the box a little bit more, exactly how you were at Thistle with customer service, retention, getting people to stay longer, being able to pause, like implementing new systems in your business that allow a new thing for your loyal customers, that's making you more money. Yep. Yeah. And, And if sales and pitching makes you nervous, like it does for many of us, I like to tell people, think about connections. How many connections can you make this, this week with ideal customers? How many connections can you make with peers that can help bring you into the spotlight on their podcasts or blogs or things like that? Thinking of it as a connection versus a pitch, it's all you're doing. When I reach out to people one on one and say, I want to invite you to my program, I'm not pitching them. I'm connecting with them and offering something that I genuinely know 
know will change their business. And if they pass on it, it's truly no big deal. But you have to ask the question. You have to ask if you really want it. No one so far has been like, oh my God, how dare you? People will be like, it's not the right time, but like, thank you for the invite. And I'll be like, great. Hope I can support you later. Yeah. I love I, every almost everyone says that of like no one has ever told me oh my god how dare you offer me this thing and I just think it's so funny of like truly that's the worst nightmare but it never happens like people <laughs> just it's not a thing as, so. as long as you're doing it like as long as the person knows you from a, like if you're in Facebook groups and you start PMing people that don't know you from a hole in the wall like no that's messed up but if they know you and they love you and they're showing up in your group it's a natural question to ask yes I love that. All right. So let's head into talk strategy to me. I would love to hear kind of a sneak peek of the planner and some, maybe some like action steps for people to kind of implement some of the tricks in there. And then of course, let us know where they can go get their hands on it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we hinted a little bit at the sort of the secret sauce of the planner, which is really going to teach you how to optimize the growth-based actions. The first thing you want to do is I like to do a Sunday. I like to make it fun. I get a glass of wine. I sit down. It literally takes me 15 minutes. The first thing to do whenever you're feeling that overwhelm, because that's what this planner helps combat is that feeling of like the Sunday scaries when you're like, oh my God, how am I going to get through everything? I'm so stressed doing a big fat brain dump. So sitting down with a piece of paper and writing down every possible thing that you could do this week. And I tell people, don't delineate between work and home. Like if you got laundry, put laundry on there. If you're stressed about paying your taxes, put those on there. Everything that you can think of. Because one of the things that makes people feel overwhelmed is the rattling around in our brains that happens... Because it's... And there's been studies about this that are fascinating that that talk about how when we don't get things out of our head and onto paper our cortisol, like that stress hormone is going because we're afraid we're going to forget it. So the easy antidote to that... constantly churning through the list over and over and over again. Yes, exactly. So I I say like get it on paper because then... And this is going to sound cheesy, but I even tell people in my group like when it's down on paper, if you struggle with this, look at your list and you can even say it out loud like, hey, to-do list, you're here. I'm not going to forget you. And just let it go. Like have a releasing ceremony for that overwhelm. (laughs) You, You don't have to hang on to it. So that's the first step is making sure that you've got like a big fat brain dump of everything you could possibly do this week. Meetings, emails, blog posts, connections with potential customers, everything. The second thing to do is to take a pass at it. And in the guide, if you guys grab it, you'll see that I talk about this idea of rocks, pebbles, and sand. And the idea, maybe some people recognize the Stephen Covey demo. I think he's the one who originated it, where if you have two jars and you put in one jar like sand, rocks, and pebbles in a random order, you won't be able to screw the cap on. It'll be too much. It'll overflow. But if you take the same amount of rocks, pebbles, and sand, and you put the rocks in first, then you put the pebbles in, you kind of shake it up. They fall into the cracks a little bit. Then you dump in the sand. And of course, sand goes into teeny tiny crevices. You can actually put the lid on and the same amount of stuff is contained in the jar. So the moral of this is it's not about... A lot of people think I need more hours in the day. I just need to sleep less. Not about that. It's about doing the right things in the right order. So now that you've got your brain dump, your rocks are your big commitments, meetings, deadlines. You've told people like this is non-negotiable. You have to do it this week. So go through your brain dump and write like put a little check mark next to all of your rocks commitments. Then going through and thinking about those growth-based actions. Remember passing everything through the filter of, is this going to generate revenue? Is this going to move my business forward? So your client connections, your pitching yourself to get on people's guest posts, your if you have a physical product, you're going into um, shop meetings to see if you, they can house your product, whatever the case may be. 
going through your list and making a special mark for all those growth-based actions. And then finally, taking a final pass through your list and making yet another special mark for all of your sand. Remember, the big thing is sand fits into all the cracks, the emails, the social media, the chores. Like We don't need to worry about that. Those will get done. They will fit into the cracks and crevices. So after you've kind of looked at your list and put things into categories, it's all about looking at your work week. You know, If you work Monday through Friday, I like to literally just on the left-hand side of the same page, I just write Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I just start plugging things in. I put my commitments in first, those rocks, because the rocks have to go in first. Then looking at the pebbles, so the growth-based actions, and sliding those in next. And I think, like Abby said, that is the secret sauce because most of us would start to go into the sand right away, like the chores and the email. So making sure that the growth-based stuff goes in next. And then, and only then, fitting in email, social, random chores around what you've already got going on. So the reason this works so well is because now those growth-based actions that keep sliding off your list week after week, they've made it onto your calendar. And you've committed to them. Like they have a, a space. They're not just like, oh, I'll do it next week. That's the problem with the actions that are going to grow our business is they are important, but they're not urgent. Yes. They are never going to feel urgent. Whereas the email uh, notifications are going to... It feels urgent and it's like nine times out of 10 unimportant, you know, and then your meetings, those are probably urgent and important. So those get done. And the the reason that the growth-based stuff gets skipped is because it's not going to jump up and down and demand your attention. So we have to fight for it. And yeah, that's like my speed version of the planner. Yeah. But if you well, want to... Go ahead. Oh, well, I think it, classifying it as rocks, pebbles, and sand. Also, we had a conversation. Uh, we did a co-working session, a virtual co-working session for the first time yesterday. And uh, someone had a question about the same thing of like, but I feel like I'm never getting anything done. And I always have all the things and I lose my focus. And she was saying, you know, because everything just has like so much vital importance. Everything is important. And I said, well, first, I want you to reframe your thinking that everything is not important. And so I think it's, it's about classifying it just like you broke down of, you begin to see if, if the sand's not getting done today, who cares? It's just sand. Like, it's going to fit in somewhere. It's fine. And so remembering to, to remind yourself, like, looking at the task, even in your business, outside of chores or family or whatever, like, everything does not have the same weight. That's right. That's totally right. And I even challenge people as well in my crew with the sand. I'm like, let a plate hit the floor. See what happens. See what happens if you don't answer email for two days. Guess what? Someone's just going to follow up and be like, did you get my email? That's the worst thing that's going to happen. And then you just write back and make a joke about it like I do every single time. <laughs> and yeah. it's no big deal. It's no big deal. And that that's a big mindset shift for people. And I totally identify with those people out there who are like, but everything's important. I think we need to stop and, and be more intentional about what everything we work on is a choice. Even your meetings. Like if your calendar is booked up, you might need to look at that too and be like, am I just accepting everything that comes my way? There might be some challenging that you can do there as well. But no matter where your pain point is, the growth-based actions have to make it into your week. Because like I always call the growth the engine of business. And without an engine, the car is not going to move. So you got to make sure that it's on there. So if you guys, people listening, want to see the guide, you can grab it. It's at courageandclarity.com slash plan. Totally free. And hope you guys like it. I love that. Thank you so much. That was so helpful. This was so fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. 
Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.